Hey, welcome to the Awaken City Squadcast. Uh, you might be watching this on video, welcome to YouTube, uh, or otherwise on your favourite podcasting app. We are with Pastor Michael today. Hi. Uh, which is what, great. What's your favourite podcasting My favourite, uh, Apple. Yeah, I'm, I'm an Apple guy. Yeah. Great, and so yesterday was the kickoff of our uh, Sexuality in the Gospel series, which was hugely anticipated uh, by so many at church. Mm. Uh, why did you want to cover the series? Uh, that's a good question. Sometimes, uh, as I've been preparing, I have been saying, Michael, you're an idiot. Why, why are you doing this? Um, and I, I think that this is a conversation that has to be had. I, I have been very, I guess, on the sidelines, kind of interested in the whole dynamic, especially around LGBTQ and how that relates to church. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I've heard lots of stories, most of them negative. Yeah. And, um, and my perspective is, is that the truth of Jesus is always redemptive. And so if we are following Jesus, then we will become a community of redemptive love. And what does it actually mean to be a community of redemptive love? Um, and so I, I wanted to uh, engage in the conversation and I want to be really clear that what I'm doing is my goal is to start a conversation mm -hmm. I'm not here with the intention of saying hey I'm an expert and I'm going to give you all of the this is exactly what this means that's what this means and this is what you need to believe no, I want to, I want us to journey together and how do we think about sexuality holistically Great. and my definition for sexuality is probably a little bit broader than just the um, very straight. Um, if you if you look in like a dictionary, you're going to get the act of sex. Sexuality is about the act of sex, um, but sexuality in a holistic perspective. I mean, if you Google it, you know what's the meaning of sexuality. You're going to get a lot broader mm. um, definitions, um, and it's to do with gender. It's to do with um, Know, sexual desire and all of those sorts of things so it's a lot broader um, and so my goal is not to um, just give us a whole lot of here's what this means here's what that means this is what you need to believe but uh, my goal is for us to become a community of redemptive love so part of it I will be talking about um, I'll be talking about same-sex attraction I'll be talking about transgenderism um, I'm talking about marriage I'm talking about singleness we're going to talk about all of those things so that we can understand people well, understand what it is that they are experiencing, and how we can walk with them in a redemptive way so that they can walk with Jesus. Correct. That's, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's why I wanted to be clear yesterday about who this is and isn't for. Um, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, then welcome, including if you have a same-sex attraction. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Absolutely. If you want to make this your way of life, the way of Jesus, then welcome. I'd love to walk with you. That's awesome. Um, and if you are interested in actually walking with someone, then I want to equip you to be yes. able to walk with them. That's yes. they are the that is the primary goal for this, because as a church, and I'm not just meaning our church, a church in general, we have not engaged in mm. this conversation well. And I feel like we haven't engaged in the conversation over many years around 
around marriage, around singleness, around uh, sexual desire and disordered sexual desire, and um, and we we have enga- I, I think we have engaged exactly where the enemy wants us to engage. Yeah. We have created or we have engaged in a war. Um, and we need to rise above that mm-hmm. and engage in a healthy way. So this has always sort of been sitting there, um, and it's been in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I went over to Bethel, and uh, one of the um, sort of masterclasses at the conference kind of thing was uh, by an organi- organization that... Uh, so it sort of started at Bethel. It's not necessarily a Bethel ministry, so to speak, but the the group that started at Bethel, um, it's uh, it's called the Changed Movement. So it's a, a group of people who are walking with people from the LGBTQ community, um, and uh, the people who lead it were were once gay, mm-hmm. um, and now they're walking with people and and seeing um, a a lot of fruit as well. You know, like people learning how to walk with their same-sex attraction right um and also seeing people um walking away from that as well and um you know but i think the important thing to remember and and certainly they would say this as well that is not the goal Mm -hmm. jesus isn't calling gay people to be straight he's calling all people to follow him and calling all people to be holy correct including me Mm -hmm. and my disordered Mm -hmm. sexual desire um and I guess I want to flatten the playing field and help us all to realize we are all sexually broken. Yeah. And just if we are, you know, I think if perfect sexuality is defined as, um, you know, a heterosexual marriage, then a whole lot of us um, have become holy and through no effort of our own or, you know, or somehow we are better than this, this other group. And it's just simply unbiblical. That's right. And so we, we have to, we have to humble ourselves so that we can walk with people. Yeah. And see my disordered sexual desire, it's just as sinful as someone else's. And just because someone sins differently than me doesn't give me the right to judge them. Absolutely. Um, it helps me to see my sin and helps me to walk with them. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, so that's the goal, I, I don't, you know, in, in an overall sort of encompassing thing. So anyway, so we're, and so, uh, so we were at Bethel and I said to Ellie, I want to go to that masterclass. She went off to something else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want to go to that. I'm really, really interested in this conversation. And it was really great, and the way that the people talked um, in such a loving and caring and empathetic way, um, because they knew mm. the story that it, it was their story, yeah. and they knew how to walk alongside people that have experienced life radically different from how I have. Yeah. Um, and I found that really empowering for me, just to come away and go, okay, I. I'm better equipped now yeah. because of this conversation, um, and, and uh, I came back from that. I um, signed up for a course that they've got, and I've been working through that course, um, and and then that sort of just sat there for a while, um, 
and then over I guess the last year or so we've been working with some people in our community who are from you know who are trans or um, you know gender fluid non-binary you know and so this whole conversation is with us yeah um, and I want us as a church to be able to engage in this well right yeah. and people asking the questions how do how do we do this well totally yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the key. How do we do this well in a way that is redemptive? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that's a, a big goal. But as I have dived in, I realise that this is way bigger than mm -hmm. that, um, and there's a whole lot more that we can unpack with regards to um, marriage, yeah. and um, and. Uh, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater with the purity narrative because yeah. I mean I I agree with with the what's mm. you know like I'm not disagreeing I wholeheartedly believe that um, that for Ali and I if we had saved ourselves for marriage um, that there would be a whole lot of emotional mental sexual baggage that mm. we wouldn't be bringing yep. bringing in however that does not mean that people who save themselves from marriage automatically automatically have good marriages that's right i, I think that the reason and I, i'm quite happy to say that I, I think ellie and i have a good marriage like we are both really happy mm -hmm. um and um but because of our broken stories we have been able to engage in a journey of wholeness yeah. that um, that has helped us to have, have to have a good marriage, and, and I think that um, just because you've saved yourself from marriage doesn't mean that you are sexually perfect or right. more holy or more mm -hmm. whole. Um, you know, but some people just their sexual brokenness is an absolute fear of intimacy. Yeah. Which probably means you don't have much sex, mm. but that's still not healthy. That's right. That's still a, a, a version of sexual brokenness. Absolutely. Um, and so we we need to talk about those things. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about when sex is used as a manipulation tool in marriages, where and it's a commodity. Yeah. You know, you've got women who use sex so that the men will do chores and then men that do chores so that they can have more sex and like it's this you know, like yeah you know all of that sort of stuff um and so so there's some aspects of the purity narrative that um are helpful it's just a real reductionist incomplete narrative that yeah. has actually um it's caused a lot of harm absolutely yeah and the statistics reinforce that yeah there's a whole lot of harm that's come out of a lot of literature that was written for Gen X especially yeah. um, through the 70s to the 90s stuff yes. that's been written for Christians that's just done a lot of harm in marriages yeah yeah totally yeah yeah um, and so and so I'm glad that we are undoing that narrative um, but that doesn't mean that we again throw the baby up with the bathwater there's a, I feel like there's just a pendulum swings mm -hmm between these two cultural narratives yeah. and we have to actually figure out what's the kingdom way in the midst of this chaos around sexuality um, and yeah and so um, yeah so one of the questions I think that we've had come in is around 
because I, I spoke about the woman caught in yes. adultery yes. and why was it just the woman? That's right. Why? Where is the man in this story? Yes, um, where is the man in this story? And I, and I feel like the purity narrative, we could ask the same question. Absolutely. Why are women responsible for men's purity? Yeah. yeah. And that's yes. the story that has been sold by the Christian church to women. Yeah. You are the gatekeeper. You are the one responsible for giving your husband enough sex so that he doesn't look at pornography. Mm. All of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and also all of that's that's really, really unhelpful. Mm -hmm. um, I am not a sexual animal. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually need to journey my sexuality out with Jesus, mm -hmm. my needs for intimacy and belonging, yeah. and all of those things, they need to be worked out with Jesus. Um, my spouse is not responsible right. for my disordered sexual disorder. That's right, she's not on the hook for healing that. No, no. Um, and so, you know, so you can see where those narratives come out. And so it's such a good question, where was the man? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that probably just is a really good example of the culture of the day. Um, you know, they were in a society where um, women were certainly seen as, as second-class citizens in, in many ways. They're also property. So for you cheating on your wife, you're not actually cheating on her because she's property. That's right. She's not another. She, there's already the dehumanisation's already happened. Totally. Yeah. 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 And you see, you see, Jesus, um, he's undoing Absolutely. that. Um, what some people might say is really. Um, conservative sort of stuff in the in the Bible is actually really progressive. Absolutely. Um, you know, Paul in, uh, in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians 7, he talks about um, this idea that he, he goes, you know, hey, um, woman, your body is the property of the man. Mm -hmm. And all the men, yeah, that's right, <laughs> that's right. Then he goes, and likewise, yeah. men, your body is the property of your wife. That's right. And that would have been like totally undoing. In other words, he's saying you are equal in your marriage. That's right. You are, no one here is property. Mm -hmm. No one is, is to be used or manipulated or used and abused and set aside. You are, in, in essence, are equal. Yeah. And of the same value, the same worth. Um, and so, you know, I think, you know, we need to see those, those things as, you know, Paul and, and Jesus are actually um, humanizing Absolutely. both sides yeah. of, you know, men and women. Um, and so, yeah, so where was the man? <sighs> Who knows? I don't know. We don't know where the man was. No, that's right. But we see those narratives played out in, in scripture and we also see it in the world today. Oh, absolutely. And there are cultures where, because we lived in Saudi Arabia when I was a kid. Right. Uh, and unfortunately I got it confused. So I was seven, mum and dad were thinking about having another kid, and I, but I'd heard how if, out of wedlock if you have a baby, uh, the woman gets stoned, baby killed, right. by the jail. But I didn't understand the word wedlock. Um, right, right. <laughs> so I was quite concerned for my parents. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, so there are still cultures today where women are just 
chattels. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so stoning a woman for having sex out of marriage. Yeah. That's how it is. Totally. Um, yeah, and and I think um, so. I I have been. Um, I guess I, I I do not want that to be the narrative of our church. No. Uh, and and so, like I said yesterday, like I'm I'm willing to be misunderstood to stand with the broken. Correct. Um, and yeah, there have been times in our you know since I've been the pastor here where I have had to make choices around that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, we are never going to be the church that discards this woman. Correct. Because a, because a male couldn't, yeah. you know. Control, control his, his, his brokenness. His brokenness. Yeah. Yeah, I, and that is not going to be our narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, that also doesn't mean we discard the man either. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, it seems that women are often... You know the ones. You know, like you said, they have to be the gatekeeper of the man's sexual desire and, and all of all of that stuff. And I think that's sad. Mm. Yeah. So, so we, yeah. How, how do we become healthy and whole sexually, both male and female? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think it takes community too. Hey, the conversations yeah. we've had just the last few weeks with people. There's bringing this stuff out of the darkness into the open. Yeah. Once it's out, healing can happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think we just need to just bring ourselves low. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just because I'm, uh, you know, in a, in a church acceptable marriage uh, doesn't mean that I am showing the world the image of God in my marriage. Right. Because it's a whole lot deeper mm-hmm. than just... A man and a wife in a marriage. Absolutely. You know, because there's all sorts of things that go on within Christian marriages that are toxic. That's right. You know, let's talk about rape in marriage. Yeah. You know, porn addiction. Absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, fear of intimacy. You know, Absolutely. what does sex actually look like for you in your marriage? Is it, you know, so there's all those sorts of things. So I just think we need to wrestle with a little bit better. That's right. And even you mentioned before, you know, women withholding sex to get the chores done. Yeah. Actually, statistics say that um, often there's been intimacy and trust has been broken by that state. So the reason she's cutting sex off is often because of a bad marriage, essentially. Yeah. So yeah. again, yeah, sex is the uh, thermometer, not the thermostat. Oh, that's a great way yeah. of thinking about it, eh? You know, like yeah, yeah. It's sex should never control the healthiness of your marriage. That's right. Um, but a healthy marriage, you'll have good and enjoyable sex why because sex is about love and intimacy with a person i mean you can have that level of love and intimacy and also not engage in the act of sex yeah um you know so um yeah and and it comes back to where you know these these desires that we have and, and they are good needs needs for intimacy needs for belonging needs you know to be noticed mm-hmm. and desired and all of those things they are good needs mm-hmm. but when i try and get them all from my spouse yeah well you know i'm actually making an idol of her yeah um or you know if you really want to dive deeper i'm making myself the idol and, right. and using my wife to feed my idol yeah. to worship my idol 
there's a whole extra level of yeah yeah um, but actually, I should be getting those needs first and primarily met in the person of Jesus, in, That's right. in, in the Father, in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. As, as I walk with God, those needs are being met. Mm -hmm. Now I have a cup that's overflowing to give to my wife. That's right. So a cross-centered marriage will be about serving. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And and so when, when we aren't... When we aren't getting those good needs met mm -hmm. in God, we we try to take them from yeah. whoever, and we we can be ignorant of that, willfully ignorant of that, mm. or totally aware that we are doing that. You know. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So there was a great question that came in yesterday. Uh, so you shared that the rates of kids having sex these days, or teenagers having sex these days, yeah. is coming down. Yeah. So with the younger generations not having sex as much, uh, does that not make them more perfect as far <laughs> as the biblical view of abstinence goes? Um, no, no, that just tells me that we are we are living in a, an ever increasingly broken yeah. society. Um, but again, if the goal is abstinence, mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> But a, a, a healthy Christian sexual ethic is not abstinence. The goal is a holistic view mm -hmm. on sexuality and humanity and who God is and what it means to live with God and find yeah. life in God and find and get you know these these needs and desires met in Him. That's the bigger that's right the bigger story and so. Um, so what, what's happening is we've got, um, you know, sort of our generation, we're both 30-something. How old are we? 37. 37. <laughs> Sarah's a day older than me. Or a day younger. Two, two days older. Two days older. Ancient. Um, and so uh, so our generation, we probably were sort of at the start of and, and what is coming to the end of, like, hookup culture. Mm. Um, and so what we, what we have is um, sexuality divorced from relationship. So, you know, um, Tinder and all that, you know, we've got apps that are totally designed around just getting a hookup. Mm -hmm. And so it's divorced from relationship. It's divorced from actually getting to know a person and, yeah. you know, sex coming out of that. Um, what we are now seeing now is sex disconnected from humanity. Mm -hmm. And um, so people are having sex less and less. It's not because they are less and less sexually active. It's just they're not doing it with humans. Yeah. So they're engaging with screens. Or with other humans. Or with other humans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're engaging with screens with, with pornography, and that's just everywhere. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I mentioned, you know, the idea of sex robots, which is growing, in, you know, more and more. And, um, and I mentioned waifu, which is this idea around your obsession with it, like a... A, a cartoon character, usually an anime character, mm -hmm. and you know you can pay to have this anime character and marry them, and it can happen with you know virtual reality or, or otherwise. And so like that's mm -hmm. uh, and that's really big in Japan. Yeah. Um, right now in, in Britain, they have actually appointed a minister for loneliness. That's right. That's right. Like honestly, if you're listening to this or watching this, and you are a Christian. Come on, we. This is not. This is not an argument about morality. This is an argument. This is 
Like we need to help people reclaim their humanity. That is what this yeah. is, is about. Like uh, when countries are appointing ministers for loneliness as the church, we should be going, this is our moment. Yes, yes. <laughs> almost, but almost like, why have we not been filling that gap already? Totally. Where have we dropped the ball? Totally. Yeah. 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 And so, so at this point, we, we need to humble ourselves mm-hmm. and admit that, yes, the world is doing a horrible job around sexuality, but we're not doing any better. No. We, we aren't engaging this conversation where it needs to be engaged. And, um, and so I, I believe that discipleship is the answer because discipleship forces us to sit with people, mm-hmm. hear their stories, and walk with them, and lead them to Jesus. That's right. And and let him figure out the details of what that looks like. Yeah. But if we're pointing people to Jesus, then we have done our job. Yeah. Um, and in that way, we can show the world a different way. Absolutely. And so we don't need to argue. We can say, look at the evidence. Mm-hmm. Right now, we can't say, look at the evidence. There are pockets, no doubt, around the yep. world that are doing this well. And, I, and I'm so thankful that there are people that are paving the way in this. Um, I love what's uh, happening at Bridgetown mm-hmm. uh, in Portland, who are in probably the most liberal country, uh, city in the world. Yeah, that's right, super secular. Yeah, and they are, they are going, we 100% believe in a in a biblical Christian sexual ethic, mm-hmm. and but they are walking with people, that's right. uh, you know, who have all sorts of different sexual brokenness. Um, I, I love that, um, you know, a church that we, uh, you know, I guess sort of are, are following or you know look up to with with Peter McHugh and Stairway Church in Melbourne again, one of probably the second most liberal yeah, city yeah. in the world. Um, and they are they are on the same journey right now. Um, I've had some great conversations with Peter around um, this whole topic, and he's been sending me links. Hey, go listen to this, and um, and so that's been really really helpful. The other person is John Tyson, yeah, uh, who is just excellent on these topics. Like I I'm just skimming <laughs> the. Uh, the surface around the cultural narratives, um, you know, if you want to go further on that, he is great on that stuff. Um, and then Preston Spring- Sprinkle, yeah. who really is probably one of the leading people um, in the church world yeah. on um, sexuality and faith. Um, so he runs an organization called the Center of Faith and Sexuality. Um, and really cool story about how that all came about and, and a, a, a guy who's in his 70s, who uh, has funded, uh, he basically made a lot of money uh, through business and all Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, Um, and has funded lots of different sort of mission organizations and lots of sort of things, and he just, at the age of, I think he was around the age of 70, he just felt such a strong call to engage in the LGBTQ conversation and community, and he discovered Preston Sprinkle and basically said, you, this is, uh, I'm putting all of my resources into into what you're doing. 
and so he, he funds the whole That's thing. Amazing. And I just think it's so cool that someone at his age is going, oh, we need to do something about yes. this. Yeah. You know, and so I, I love that. So I've been doing Preston Sprinkles course, I've been reading mm -hmm. his books and engaging them. So that's been really, really helpful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking on this topic. I think yesterday you definitely broke ground. I guess with breaking ground, like you had to dig to get to put a good stake in. Mm. You're really um yeah. yeah. Thank you for taking that on. Yeah, I was stuffed afterwards. <laughs> I've probably never been so emotionally drained. Mm. After a sermon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so if you've got questions, um, I guess you can find us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can email us at office at awakencity.nz. Um, we'd love to hear your questions. Um, and also, obviously, if, you've got, you know, if you want someone to listen to your story, get in touch as well. Because yeah. you just might need connected in. Um, because I know it's a lot easier when we do this with people rather than alone. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you.